Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBeer here, and we are back, back, back again. It is time for another roundup episode. We have a uh, three-quarter majority cast. One member is across the globe and uh, doing his thing over in Japan. But I am Pat DeBeer. I'm joined by Eric. Hello. And BJ. Hi. And we are going to chit-chat, talk, and dish on what we've enjoyed this month in pop culture. So if you are a newer listener, we do these uh, once a month. We dive into a couple of different topics and uh, just kind of talk about stuff that we enjoyed. Uh, Usually from this current month, sometimes, uh, you know, maybe things are a little bit further behind, but... You know, these are things that we've enjoyed. We have personally enjoyed this month. And then uh, at the end, we dive into our one-ups. Those are the things that are giving us life over the past month. And uh, yeah, so I don't know why I felt the need to recap what this is, but I feel like (laughs) if we've got some new listeners out there, they might want to know what they've gotten themselves into. And I know I've brought in some new listeners. I know BJ has worked on that. Eric, I don't think has been talking about our podcast ever he tries to hide the fact that he's on it but we keep tagging him and he's ashamed of us it's fine it's okay it's fair that's completely fair uh we're gonna we're gonna need to get eric some like flame on curling gear so that way when he curls he's just a walking billboard for us i like how he's not even denying it that'd be great (laughs) Oh, I like how he's not, not even denying it. He's just like, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah. Screw you guys. I just, I just, uh, you exist purely on my computer once a month. More if we do a microsode together. So, all right. Well, now that we've gone through that little recap, we've gone through, uh, you know, trying to shame Eric first thing on the episode. <laughs> Let's dive into as is tradition. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean. Brian isn't here, and Oral isn't here to chastise and and make fun of Brian. So it has to shift somewhere. Oh, I miss those days, the good old days. <laughs> right. 
well, okay. So before we dive into anything as uh, like in the realm of what we were going to talk about, I'm going to throw this out there because I, I was going to include it as part of my one up, but I already have a couple of things that are melded into my, my one up. So I'm going to throw this out there because it has been all over my, my Twitter feed. Um, even my Facebook feed, Donald Trump's getting arrested. Oh, that too. I don't want to jinx anything. We are recording this on the lovely first day of spring, 2023. And uh, the birds are chirping. The sun is out there. It is warming up. And uh, they are putting up barricades in New York City. So we might be seeing some good news roll out. Uh, Some good news might have actually happened between the time that we're recording this and the time that this gets released to the general public. But we won't jinx that. So hopefully, fingers crossed that that will be, and we'll, that'll be a whole, whole other topic and a whole other conversation. That'll probably be a BJ and Brian um, no. political microsoft. <laughs> I can't wait. But bless the in, um, <laughs> in a different realm. Besides that, uh, the thing that has taken over my my feeds on my social media has been the start of the biggest tour of the summer which kicked off a couple of days before spring because this is going through the next couple of months and that is the start of the eras tour taylor swift has finally hit the road she started in glendale arizona which they for the i think for the two nights or for a couple of days they renamed the city Swift City, and renamed the state Eras Zona. No, no, <laughs> so it's too apparently, much. it's too much. It, it's listen, too Glendale, much. Glendale said it is yours, Taylor Swift. Enjoy. <laughs> she is oh. having to re-record her albums because she can't have her masters back. But the city of Glendale said you can just have the city. Enjoy. Uh but have you guys seen any of like either the video clips or any of the kind of information that's come out from the first two nights of this tour? No, uh, I have not. I I saw that it had started. Um, my 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 PG thirteen rated Twitter feed um, is a buzz <laughs> with it. It's everywhere. Um, I'm I kind of so here's my thing is like. Now that she's kind of taking back her own music and like re-releasing it and everything, uh, I am kind of excited to listen to this concert once because uh, there's going to be a recording of it, either oh, by so. her or the huh. I said, "Oh God, I hope so." Yeah, like like they did for Netflix after with the Reputation tour. I, exactly. I, I pray exactly. that they do something like the like that for this tour. I think I'll do, I definitely will, if this pops up on a streaming service or if it pops up like a recording of it pops up on Spotify or something like that, I will most likely listen to it because um, I, I I like Taylor Swift. She's, she's honestly, she's a very talented artist. Um, I, I, she always, she's consistently had, she's, she's breached the three song threshold I have for an artist for me to like an artist one of the one or almost all of their albums has to have at least three or four songs mariah carey was touch and go for a little while um i think she had one or two albums up until caution yeah there's a couple there's a couple during the the (laughs) darker days 
after her resurgence. But that, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, yeah. yeah. So I agree. I, so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, to, to see it when it's up for streaming. Uh, the concert I'm really jazzed for is, I know, I think Pink is touring again. So like, I'm excited for that. I all, she always drops, um, either a concert album or a, a record, like a streaming or a recording of her concert. So like, always, always down for her stuff. So, but no, I'm actually, I'm very excited to see, uh, to see what Taylor Swift's concerts uh, going to be like from afar. So this from is, afar, this is I, I am so excited for when we see her. I think it's in June. I don't know. No, July. Maybe I don't even know what I've got to. I I have tickets at some point. They are at some point. She will be here in Chicago. We are up in the nosebleeds, but we are going to be there and we're going to see it in person. But she is celebrating all ten records all 10 eras on this tour okay she has two opening acts on every stop in addition to those two opening acts she is performing for over three hours she is doing 44 songs at every stop who does she think she is paul mccartney I so Friday night we we were just waiting with bated breath for the show to start because here in Chicago Arizona is two hours behind us now that we're in daylight savings time and three hours behind you all on the the east coast and I got home from watching drag race at the bar had a couple of cocktails with some friends I got home I opened up Twitter and after the show had started just flooding the feed with videos from the show I was on setlist.fm and you literally every couple of minutes could just refresh. And there was people there just as she was doing these songs uploading. So she breaks it down into, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to do a song from lover. I'm going to do a song from uh, 1989. I'm going to do this. No, she is doing this in segments. So she starts with lover and then goes into like the, and then throughout all 10 uh eras sadly uh for speak now fans and for fans of the eponymous album her debut album um you get maybe one song speak now she does enchanted i think was the one that she did and then the first night she did tim mcgraw from her debut album on the second night she did not do tim mcgraw and there was no song from her debut album which is kind of sad because if you're going to celebrate all 10 albums, at least do at least one from all 10 albums. And then every night of the tour, she is planning on doing a surprise song that she's not planning, which for those who know Taylor Swift and how much she plans, apparently she is going to try to just wing it and do a, a different acoustic surprise song every single night of the tour, trying not to repeat songs the entire time. Which makes me a little sad because she's already done two of uh, my favorite folklore songs as the surprise song. <laughs> so there goes getting to hear that <laughs> live. <laughs> but she's doing stuff like Tis the Damn Season, Invisible String, August. Like, I got really big into Taylor Swift towards the end of 1989, into Reputation, into Lover. And then folklore was like a whole other level for me. So to see her do some of these songs from folklore, um, 
uh, My Tears Ricochet, her track five from Folklore from Evermore. She's doing um, This Is Me Trying. Like, these are songs that I would never expect to see in a stadium concert setting. So to see her do it this way, it's insane. And then do yourselves a favor. If you've ever wanted to see the most ridiculous and kind of awesome transition from kind of one piece of a concert into the next. I don't know if she did it on night two because on night one, she did it after she did Tim McGraw as the kind of segue into the final era, which was Midnight's, the most recent album. She finished playing the song on the piano, got up and dove into the stage. And then the, the video screen was an image of her swimming through the stage into like this cosmic like scene and then floating up into the clouds and then went into lavender haze. It is ridiculous and amazing. She literally dives into the stage. Just head first dive, just <laughs> as if she was diving into a pool. Ridiculous. And I cannot wait to see it live. So for those of you who get to see her, she's come, she'll be in Tampa like in the next week or two. So you all will get the the Florida buzz uh, coming very soon. But it's going to be another couple months, another three months before I get to see her here in Chicago. And every single day, it's just going to be a matter of looking at what new song she did, seeing if we're going to get Tim McGraw, and and then just getting to enjoy the spectacle that is Taylor Swift. And uh, BJ, I agree with you. If they do, if they do a filming of this, if they do a behind the scenes, if they do all of that, like she's done in the past, like she did for Reputation, for Netflix, I will watch this thing over and over again. Because going back and watching the Reputation concert, it wasn't the stop that I was at, but it was still so amazing to go back and relive those memories of being there. Because of the visuals, because of a lot of that, that same, like the same things that you would see every single night on the tour. So fucking good. So if you were seeing Taylor Swift, if you were a Taylor Swift fan, if you've been enjoying seeing all of the videos and all these pieces on your, your uh, social media feeds, hit me up. Let me know. Let's be excited together. And then if you get to see her before I do, let me know how you thought the concert went. Cause that's I mean, it's just super exciting. So I had to talk about that now. Like that's a good, you know, that, that that's our first little uh, piece there before we dive into individual <laughs> the, topics. The, the Pat's, 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 uh, Pat's extra things, which needs to be, at this point, needs to be its own series of microsodes. <laughs> that was just our little music corner. I mean, we could we could have <laughs> talked about Pink's uh, album, Miley's oh, album. Miley's album, Pink's uh, album, the, Gorillaz just dropped a new album. Um, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of an album or a single? They dropped a new. They, they dropped so they dropped Cracker Island. I want to say about three or four. It was like actually about four or five months ago, I think. And then their new album just dropped. I want to say it dropped. Uh, I've been in Georgia for about a month now, so I think it dropped about a week and a half, two weeks ago. I, it popped up on my uh, New Music Friday thing uh, not too long ago. So yeah, Gorillaz just released a brand new album too can't believe that gorillas are still putting out music like, oh yeah it's insane to me insane <laughs> oh i love it i've got i've got one of my like the uh promo art book from um 
I think after Demon Days, or it might have, it might have been with Demon Days. Uh, I think, yeah, I think uh, Demon Demon Days, I think, was the first one to have an art. So their first album, um, so here's, this is creepy, because their first album, I, when I was my, right before my senior year of high school, I went to like a computer boot camp uh, at Tuskegee University, and I w- went to go work on my project, my summer project for the for the uh, computer class. And I sat down, I turned on the computer, and it booted up like this weird music video, interactive music video thing for gorillas. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, and this is when the internet was still relatively new like youtube hadn't even happened yet just to go ahead and age myself right there so i'm sitting there like this is weird and then what year was this because i don't i don't i don't believe that this was this is not two this was 2001 youtube youtube (laughs) youtube didn't i don't think around for that long no youtube came out when i was like in my first year of college so i think youtube Actually, it may have started in 2001, but it didn't get popular till like 2002, 2003 is when I started noticing it more. Um, oh my God, they've been around since 98? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So How it's been around since I? <laughs> Why am I going to? I could have exploded to dust and you should have Googled it. That's your own day. You looked at the photo. You, Dorian Gray oh. looked at his photo, oh. ladies and gentlemen. All right, Clint Eastwood came out in 01. Okay. <laughs> Clint Eastwood came out in 2001. Now I feel a, a smidge better <laughs> that it wasn't for like three more years that they they were really a big thing. But okay. but instead Ooh. of an art book, their first album had like an interactive uh thing. So I didn't buy the album. I opened up the 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 disc the disc tray on the computer. And somebody had just left the album there, like, from the previous school, like, right during the school year. Because the lab had been locked down for months. So I was just like, well, I'm going to just keep this. I'm going to just swipe this. So that's how I got my first Gorillaz album, is I just found it in a CD CD tray of a uh, computer. In a computer lab in Tuskegee, Alabama. Um, But then I think... Demon, I, th- I think Demon Days actually had a physical art book, but all their albums, I think, have an interactive thing when you actually like launch them on a computer um, or a yeah, website this was, link. This was like a, a promo bundle thing that like a special edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have the book from that. It's it's on my floor. I, I emptied out my filing cabinet onto my floor. I was looking for something a couple of weeks ago. Shows you the, the depression kicks in, and I, I haven't cleaned my fucking office, but you know, <laughs> um, mental health still doing well here. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like every so often I walk by and I'm like, oh, there it is on the floor, uh, with my with one of my other little photo albums. So it's just one of those weird, like, kind of blasts from the past that that's so such a different thing, anywho. But yeah, new music, tons of new music. And then Beyonce is going on tour, it's it, uh, Still no visuals for Renaissance, though. Like, that's the other thing that that just tickles me is randomly on my timeline on Twitter, there will just be people talking about how many days it's been since Renaissance and still no visuals. (laughs) And then and then uh, did you all see the the photo of uh, the disco horse that apparently was at a home goods for sale? Yes. 
and somebody on Twitter shared it, and they uh, they named it Renee. No. I no. Loved it. no. 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 Anyway, that's our music segment for, for this episode. Oh goodness! All right, let's let's jump into our topics, Eric. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? What are you going to be chatting about today? It is a combination of two of our favorite things. Bears. It's a hut and Taco Bell? <laughs> almost. Almost as good as that. Um, okay. Almost right. as good as the Taco Hut. Uh, mm. No, it's Bears. I love Pizza Bell. <laughs> no, this is uh, Bears and Cocaine. Or Cocaine Bear. Or Friday Night at the Bear Den at the Parliament House. Exactly. Oh. Rest in pieces, Parliament <laughs> House. Rest in pieces. Or a Tuesday night at the Parliament House in the Bear Den. Or uh, a Thursday night, because I, you can never get into that bathroom during karaoke. Goddamn. It's true. <laughs> anyway, Cocaine <Yeah>. Bear, yes! <laughs> <laughs> so this is a movie based on a true story. Or based loosely on a true story. Uh, Let loose. <laughs> it's a it's a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> oh, God. Let loose uh, the musical. <laughs> um, it's produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller and directed by Elizabeth Banks. Um, that tripped me out. I just found out that it was directed by Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Yes. That is insane uh, to me. This woman is everywhere and I fucking live. It's when you watch the movie, it's weird that you can tell it's directed by her in the ways that it almost feels like pitch perfect. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say the ways that it's in almost the weirdest like, ways. your luck. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's no, it's used loosely ex- inspired by the true story of cocaine bear, an American black bear that ingested nearly 75 pounds of lost cocaine and stars Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson, Jr., Christian Cavery, uh, some other people, Margot Martindale and Ray Liotta in his final role. Oh, Aww. really? Yeah. Wow. Uh Yes, and so... That was his final role, Cocaine Bear. Exactly. Which, wow. if you go out, that, that's a good one to be your final... The final entry on your IMDb page. I, I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> uh, there's been some good final roles in the past couple months. Like, uh, Angela Lansbury's last uh, role was in Glass Onion. Doing a oh, that's cameo. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, this is so. Um, at the beginning of the movie, we see a drug dealer just tossing duffel bags of cocaine out of a plane that's going down. Um, because the drug cartels knew of just forested areas in Georgia where they could just dump loads of cocaine and go get it later if there was issues. Uh, flying it into the country. Uh, but on this occasion, a black bear gets into it and seems to like the nose candy. Um, 
and attack. decides to kill anyone that'll get in between her and her next high. Um, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing we've talked about ever. Oh and we've God. talked about some ridiculous shit, and I love it. And wait until oh, you watch it. It is ridiculous. It's everybody. Oh it's, every, it's, I haven't it's seen not, it. I mean, it's funny, but it's not played as a comedy. Like, it's <laughs> just the level of absurdity and gore is over the top. And um, I'm I'm living in, in, like, middle Georgia now. And let me tell you, the line... At the theater to see Cocaine Bear rivaled the line of any Marvel movie. And it was the funniest, most surreal moment of my life. Like somebody like showed up and was asking people if they wanted to go see the movie because like his girlfriend or whatever was like, I'm not seeing Cocaine Bear with you, honey. Like... (laughs) There were so many people there to see, see Cocaine Bear. I was just like, "What? It, where am I? What world am I living in now? But yeah, no, people are crazy for Cocaine Bear. And I think there's already a sequel in the works. There was um, oh, almost a, a sequel to that. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. I, it's I, a, I, they're going to really let loose. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, but the bear doesn't die at the end. So there could be what? a sequel. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> as opposed to real life, where the bear did die. Like, yes. <laughs> and, and, and as far as we know, the bear didn't kill anyone in real yeah, life. Yeah, it just died from <laughs> ingesting cocaine. They yes, just know that. Overdosed uh, on cocaine, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has, a, it has a relatively okay score on Rotten Tomatoes. The. Um, the, the didn't tomato like it too much, but sixty eight percent is not horrible. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, it, it obviously could be better, but uh, an audience score of seventy two percent. I've seen I've seen nothing but like rave reviews on my social media feeds for this. I still haven't seen it yet either, but we're making plans, and it, hopefully, it will still be out by the time like we're ready to go see it. And we're gonna go check out. They opened up an, uh, a new Alamo Draft House here in Chicago. Ooh, and you have to I've heard go. nothing about because I've heard I nothing but love, good things about Alamo. <laughs> because I wish I could have gone to like some twenty-one and up movie theater for this. Because there was almost a brawl that happened in my showing because a group of high school kids decided to sneak their way into the theater, and now that people have reserved seating, of course they were in people's spots. And almost caused a ruckus. What? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you start wanting to fight somebody when you've snuck in and now we're sitting in the like in their seats? Like, just be like, oh, sorry, I thought it was I I, I misread the number or whatever, and then move. Like, greasy, just fucking get up and leave. Greasy, twitchy teenagers. They yeah. don't. They they were it was a fear response. One hundred because a similar thing happened here for Scream Six, and it happened twice. At the theater I went to, they were carting people. They were carting people. You had to have your ticket. Carting people for this. You had to have your ticket, and they were asked to see your ID and and your ticket when you went in because apparently two fights broke out amongst like some sixteen year olds, and then the sixty year old decided to fight with the manager of the theater. Like, like that's not going to get him a permanent ban. I mean, 
And I mean, I've known theaters to card outside rated R movies anyways. Yeah. Depending on the opening release. Because if they're like really, really popular ones, they will. But uh, but no, this Co- is just Cocaine a Bear, good, the movie good, you saw. Fun, well done movie. This is like just the level of absurdity and just fun movie watching. Think of like Meg uh, or like any super, like if you took a sci-fi movie and just put it on another level, like it's just so much better, but just seems like one of those sci-fi trash movies. So kind of, kind of like Slither. Slither was like a, a, not really a throwaway movie, but it was a very, it was a very well done B horror movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. For a second, when you said Meg, I thought you were talking about Mithrigan. And I was like, wait, what? I mean, I, I guess mean, it still makes sense, but... Honestly, that, that, would, that would also fit the bill, because Megan was very, very, was very self-aware, but done in a way where it was, you're just like, this is absurd. It is, it, so yeah, honestly, Cocaine I Bear I still need to see Mithrigan, but... Oh, it's yeah. honestly... Yeah, same. Please do. Please, please <laughs> see it. I need all of you to see it so much. It's Is it on a streaming service yet? Uh, it is, actually. Yeah, it it's is. on Peacock. Yeah. And the unrated version was released oh, on Peacock okay. as well. And Cocaine oh, Bear good. I have access Peacock to as well. Uh, April oh, 14th. <laughs> okay. Is it going to uh, be in theaters until like April 1st, 2nd? We're looking Probably. at going that weekend. Like we have stuff coming up this weekend, but then the following weekend, uh, we were all talking about going and checking out Draft House and uh, seeing Cocaine Bear. So, fingers it crossed, will be, but not theaters. a super lot of showings. Oh, like, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. So you'll probably Which, have to be like a matinee for it. But I mean, that's fine. If, I mean, if it's in it, I'm not concerned about that because if it's in a, a, a as long as there are showings, then it's usually pretty, you know. Yeah. easy enough to to make it work so what would you give on a flame eater what would you give cocaine bear i would give it three and a half stars like it's fun it's not great cinema but it's fun mm-hmm. and definitely deserves a watch okay three and a half flames from eric we keep the flames away from the cocaine this is not you know you're not free basing. <laughs> I mean, crack. just watching two middle school kids basically do the cinnamon challenge with cocaine. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> Sorry. The only thing I have seen, I did see the pitch meeting for it. That's so, <laughs> I, I had a, I had to throw a little wow, 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 wow in there. Oh, Lord. Cocaine Bear. Now playing in a cinema near you. <laughs> Try not to get into a brawl while, uh, while watching Cocaine Bear. Or even before or after that. Goodness gracious. <sighs> Dear listeners, we are so excited to have you along for the ride on this episode of Flame On. If you're enjoying this podcast or any of the other 
entertainment that we provide for you, feel free to head over to our website, blameonshow.com, and you can check out all of our social media. You can check out our, our Twitch channel, YouTube channels. Uh, none of us are twitching right now, but whatever. Uh, there's a link to our Threadless shop, our Patreon. All of those fun links can be found there. Uh, or you can just go to our link tree, link in bio on uh, on our Instagram. It's all over the place. But check out flameonshow.com, or you can go directly to patreon.com forward slash flameonshow, where you can join at any one of the four levels and enjoy the perks that we have for you there. So it's flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Show. All right, BJ. I think we're staying in the same realm. <laughs> so let's head on over to you. What are you chatting about today? So in the realms of, so I have a different kind of thrill ride uh, other than cocaine bear. Uh, so I went to go see Scream 6 uh, this past weekend and Jesus Christ, I haven't had my heart rate jump up from a slasher movie. I couldn't tell you. I think the last time in my heart rate jumped up for it during a slasher movie was like Scream 4 or the first Scream movie. Uh, holy fucking shit. This was amazing. Uh, I was, I, I was gobsmacked. I want to say the opening scene, the whole premise, um, did either of you, I know Eric, did you see Scream 5? Yeah. And I saw 6. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one, uh, it pretty much picks up a year after the end of the last one. Uh, the four main survivors from, uh, from the town, uh, have all moved to New York. Uh, it's kind of got a scream two vibe. Um, however, the rules for this one are, they are now in a franchise, uh, franchise rules apply, which means legacy characters are expendable. Um, the twist is something absolutely absurd. Um, it's like it, even legacy characters can even be suspects. So it's it's really and it was probably the most fun screen movie to figure out like who done it, like who like who was the killer killer in this one. So um, you got Courtney Cox as back as Gil Weathers. We didn't have um, um oh my god um. Sydney. Sydney. We didn't Nef have Sydney. Nev Campbell Nev Campbell, there was so Nev Campbell had a payment disagreement with Paramount. So her and Paramount uh 
she she didn't accept the contract and it was but she didn't uh burn bridges uh she just said they wouldn't meet her pay rate and so she she opted out of the movie um and she they didn't is, kill her off screen but they didn't name drop her they so. did name drop her they didn't kill her off screen um and uh there's rumors that since this one did so well that there's a chance they will meet her pay rate because she said she loves the cast. She loves all the all like she wants to work with everybody, but it's just don't fuck with her money. And I I I like actors doing that. I like actors being like, listen. Um, however, I was happy that they could carry the franchise without having her in the movie. Um, so that was great. So Courtney Cox made a reappearance. Uh, you had Jenna Ortega come back. Um, as Tara and Melissa Barrera as Sam come back. And then my favorite character, uh, Mindy, who's played by uh, uh, Yasmin Savoy Brown, who is also in uh, Yellow Jackets. Uh, uh, she's in uh, she was in the first she's in the most two recent screens and she's in the series Yellow Jackets. Um, so uh, in uh, the flashback scenes for that series. Um, but yeah, she's my favorite. Uh, Mindy's probably one of my favorite characters. And then you've got, um, I didn't realize he was in this movie. Uh, Joss Segara, who played Pug in She-Hulk. He's in this. He's in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's shirtless throughout. And he's a good, shirtless a lot. He's shirtless a lot. Is he the um, one with the ironing board? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I've seen those photos. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I've seen those pictures. Um, honestly, the most attractive cast, uh, I was going to say Mindy is, is openly, I believe bisexual. Uh, she has a girlfriend, uh, in this, in the movie. Um, but yeah, and then Hayden Panettiere, uh, makes a comeback because her character, technically they never gave the fate of her character in Scream 4. Um, so her character comes back, uh, as Kirby Reed, who was kind of the movie junkie, uh, in Scream 4. So... It was nice seeing her. Uh, she was just as entertaining. I hope because uh, clearly there, I this one didn't so much leave off on a cliffhanger. They could actually just kind of leave this. They could either they could actually go to a whole new group of people if they wanted to. Um, but I really like this cast. Uh, and then there's a very cute, cute, very at the very very end. Uh, they go back to a scene with Midney talking about the rules. And one of those, she's like, not every movie has to have a post-credit scene. And that's the post-credit scene. Um, but no, it was, it was my heart rate. Like, like the, literally you go from the characters having like a nice time to like the killers just hanging out. Like the killers just there. Um, the the killer in this one is ruining everyone's day. Everybody is going to have a bad day, and I absolutely loved the opening scene because all the all the scream opening scenes have a very meta feel. This one subverts that in probably the best way. Um, so it's it's I won't spoil it because I love it way too much, but it's definitely a subversion of the previous. Um, uh, kill uh, first kill scenes um, gory just as uh, gory violent like and then oh and, uh, to- oh, oh was that and was it the girl from ready or not is that who the actress was 
Oh, in, in the, the opening, opening in the opening scene, I believe. So that was because for um, a split second, I thought it was Margot Robbie, and then I'm like, no, she wouldn't do it's, this. It's the one I'm... everybody confuses Margot Robbie for, which is yeah. uh, Samara Weaving, and yes, she was from Ready or Not, yeah. which was a nice like the sir the final girl from another movie is is like in the opening in the opening scene for this movie. So I like that, and it's not, but it's not done in a major meta way. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really good. Honestly, and I think this is the most physically attractive cast they've ever had. <laughs> Dermot Mul- Mulroney is in this, like, oh, and then Skeet Old- 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 Oldrich, which I, that poor man's name, um, who played Billy Loomis, the first killer, like, repri- technically reprises his role in, like, hallucinations. But the dude hasn't aged a day, at least the way they edited his face and everything. He looks... Um, right out the gate, and then of course you've got Roger Jackson who does the 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 voice changer for all of the screen, all, everything screen. So, um, and he's a cute little he's a cute little daddy bear. So he's he's hot as well. <laughs> Eric, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was really well done. I thought I was really into it, like the first two thirds of the movie until they did reveal who it was. And I was like, oh, for me, it didn't have as much impact as I know it did for other people. But that was just a me thing, I think. Um, I was hoping for something a little, I don't know, different, just different than what it was. It it definitely... I still think it's really good, but I do prefer uh, five to this one. It definitely, so like with the killer, with the killer reveal in this one, like... They, I had it like the, they did a really good job. I definitely had one of the killers pegged, and then like I'm like, oh, never mind, I was wrong. And then I was like, no, I was fucking right. And it was, and and that's what it. <laughs> that's that's the franchise game. That's the whole fr- thing with the franchise. Is it it goes to subvert your expectations, but then surprise, you were right the whole time. So honestly, because like everybody I know that saw it pretty much called it. And like you called the motivation right off the bat, like right off the bat, I was just like, oh, it's somebody that has to do with one of the killers from the last movie, which is how it was, was, which was which was a callback to Scream 2, where you were like, okay, it's this one movie nerd. But then you find out that the reporter who's been using a fake name and it's Mrs. Loomis, it's Billy Loomis's mother. So you're like, oh, so then it's like a twist within a twist. And then you have the same thing that happens in this movie. And it's really, it's, it's a way to be meta but like not as obvious about it unless you're a super fan and you have literally seen every screen movie in theaters like I have you know you wouldn't really pick up on it but if you're a new person that came to the franchise in Scream 5 this would be everything's bigger better it's it's the sequel to the next movie so it's I I lo- I liked I really love the way they crafted it the way they craft especially since I feel they did say that the movie had a completely different impact and a different punch. Uh, when they wrote, they wrote Nev Campbell into it, and then they wrote her out when she, when the contract didn't go through. So, 
it's super interesting. Like I, like, I don't even know if I want to know what the movie was like if Nev Campbell was in it. Cause I'm kind of happy with the one we got and it makes me feel better for the future of the franchise. Cause hell they did three, they did two seasons of a TV show on MTV. They had a season on BET and then, you know, it took a break for a while and now they've picked the franchise back up again. So it's super interesting to me how they, how they do it. And one thing that did really surprise me and made me go, huh, I guess that's true. Uh, was the fact that, and in the trailers, Gail does talk to the killer on the phone. So that is not a spoiler in any way. But the fact that when she's talking to the killer on the phone, he goes, you know, we have never talked before. And I was like, really? Gail's never talked to the killer on the phone? I had to think through all the movies and I'm like, no, she's never gotten a phone call before. No. Cindy's talked to the killer a lot, but yeah, Gail's never talked to the killer. Yeah, Dewey's talked to the killer. Get um, Sydney's talked to the killer. All the side, char- a lot of the side characters have talked to the killer. Not, um, not Gale. So I thought, I thought that was, and I feel like that moment might not have happened if Sydney had been in the movie. And yeah. that was a really good scene. That whole that scene where she's talking to him and everything. That whole like all the cat and mouse moments in this movie were really like the there was a thrill aspect to it especially since you're in a crowded city on halloween like yeah 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 absolute chef's kiss i i i like this this one is up there with uh one one four five one four and five so one my favorite screen movies go in one one five four six i think are, are my top screen movies so i'm very excited to see uh what else they do with the franchise uh if they decide to do another one because this one spun up pretty quick the last one was what two years ago um was it uh was it that long ago maybe 2020 it was either 2020 or 2019 i thought 2022 oh it was yeah, it, yeah. 20, it released 2022. Like, Wait a minute, it was not that long ago. It was a year Dang. ago. Yeah, it came out in January of 2022. Yeah, so a little bit over a year. They literally start had to start. They literally started filming this one. I think after they right after they finished filming the last one to get it out that quick. Yeah. Huh. So. And I'm sorry. Ever since you said, uh, you know, did you did you want to you want a twist. In my head, all I've heard is Laganja in a ghost face mask going. <laughs> oh, y'all wanted a twist. Oh, y'all oh, wanted it. Let's get sick, <laughs> I mean, now, now if I ever see it again, that's every time there's a twist in the movie, I'm going to be like, "Oh, you wanted a twist." Um, oh, <laughs> but no, I love I. Lo- I uh, I wish I could remember what rating I gave Scream Five, but that's that's the rating I want to give the I want to give this one's exact same rating. Well, I'm gonna need a number. I'll do four at four out of five flames. Only four? Wow! With how how you've been raving about this, I would have expected higher than a four. But there there are there are some I will say there are some like sl- very slight pacing issues and. The finals, I, I think my thing is the screen movies have been pretty good about 
having like a different location most of the time um, for their final their final fights. And the spin up to the 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 final the final location for the final fight, there was a jump. I felt like they had definitely edited some stuff, left some stuff on the cutting room floor between when they go to head to where the final fight's gonna be and the actual final fight. Um so I felt like because there were so many good action scenes and thrill scenes throughout the whole movie, and some that just come out of fucking nowhere. Um, I felt like the last one was, it was missing, it was missing a little luster, um, for the, 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 the final act. It was a good final act and I loved the actual, um, stage and everything that they had set up for it. It was wonderfully crafted. I just, the lead up, it just, the, the lead up just felt a little flat and that's just a pay nothing very, it's very rare that a movie gives like perfect pacing especially nowadays because it's very hard to hold audiences um you know attention spans and everything so uh but uh that that's the only reason i took a point off i took a point off because i wanted more like if if they had fleshed out that third act just a little more maybe even have one more like big thrill scene leading into the final location then i it would be, it would be five out of five um but uh yeah i um i uh, uh i like it i liked it a lot i will most likely it i think if they drop a like scream box set for like black friday this year i'm getting it a black blu-ray like all six movies on a blu-ray set i will i will get that will be the scream box set i get because they've now reached the number of movies in the franchise that uh, that pretty much will outweigh the ones that I didn't like. All right, I I box sets are always weird because it's like, when do you release the box set? Because if you release it now, then you release a Scream Seven. Then do you release another box set after you know, like whatever? Yeah, that's so. I don't know. Like I don't know why that in my head was just like, when do when would be a good time? Or, or do you say? Like you said, where if this is like the end of and they've hit, hit that franchise mark and you do kind of venture out, like, do you start like this is the end of their Infinity Saga? So now you can have all that wrapped up and be like, this is our box set for this and then start new stories and, and do more with that. But I've heard lots of good things about this as well. I, I have not seen. I think I still don't remember if I've seen three. I know we, we discussed this last year when you talked about <laughs> Scream 5. Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched anything since then, but I don't remember if I've seen 3. I think I saw Scream 3. I'm almost, I'm 99% positive I did not see Scream 4. Um, I did not it's watch the, the television. It, Scream 3 is the Parker Posey show. So. <laughs> you know what's funny about Parker Posey? I know the name. I know who she is. I've watched lost in space uh-huh yeah but i still don't really know who parker posey is like when you i i don't visualize who it is i don't like there aren't films or tv shows that jump to my mind where i'm like oh parker posey like did this 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 and this i do remember that she was um in lost in space but outside of that like that's not unfortunately that's not something that like is a touch point for me 
I'm 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 bad with a lot of those. But I'm like I said, I, I'm pretty sure by that point I, I was not watching any screen movies. I know I saw one and two for sure. Mm-hmm. Three, I'm pretty positive I did because it was still kind of big at that point. And then yeah, I haven't. I watched a recap video of one through five. So I know the plot lines through, through all of them. <laughs> I don't think I watched. I don't know if I watched a um, everything wrong with video for for Scream Five, but I know I maybe I did. I don't know if Cinema Sins did their video for for Scream Five, but if they did, I, then I did watch it because I know I've seen. I know I've seen all the stuff about um, what's her name being uh, Loomis's daughter. And all of that stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I knew a lot of the plot points from five without seeing it. So, I, I'm, I'm ready to watch them at some point. But those are those are Peacock ones as well. Are the Scream movies Peacock? I believe so. Yeah, I believe the Scream movies are on Peacock. So maybe I'll maybe I'll get around to watching them at some point. I got to force myself to watch new things, uh, like this weekend, <laughs> because. I said to myself, I'm going to have a definitive topic going into this recording <laughs> and not Scream have to ask you is all. on Paramount Plus. Uh, oh, it's Paramount. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I definitely have that because um, I've been watching uh, the Challenge World All-Stars. That is not my topic, but that is a thing that is now a thing. <laughs> if anybody out there has been listening long enough that knows that i've gotten back into watching the challenge we've now had uh paramount paramount ordered four different like um different country versions of the challenge that did not involve people from the challenge that uh like the u.s one was the survivor big brother amazing race and Love Island were the four shows that their contestants came from, mm-hmm. um, with a with a final that almost nobody completed. And the people that did complete it were like hours upon hours behind the people in the lead. But then everybody ended up quitting. It was the it was a, honestly almost a disgraceful final. And that's our those are our people. <laughs> That sounds like the early seasons of Amazing Race, where people would end up like 12, 14 hours behind on, because of flights. And so now they automatically like f- almost force them to all be on the same flights. When I started watching, we'll get to my topic in a second. But since you said that, when I went back and I watched the show, <laughs> like the, the first season... They literally had to put a note in the fucking clue. Instead of the clue, it said, this team has won the race. (laughs) The race is over because they were so (laughs) far behind. It happened multiple times where literally like two it became a two team race because one team missed a flight or whatever happened. They were so far behind that when they went to get their next clue, it was just it just they opened the envelope and they were like, the XYZ team has has won the the race. Uh, ABC team came in second. <laughs> like, like, okay, well, guess we're not finishing this now. <laughs> that is so crazy, but yeah, that they they definitely did do a lot of that um, equalizing 
uh, or, or leveling the play playing field with the flights and everything. But because, yeah, if you just kept going and I didn't realize that it was the, the 12 hour mandatory rest period at the end of each checkpoint, because mm-hmm. uh, in the newer seasons, they don't talk about that. Yeah, it's not talked about all the time, but it's not mentioned every single episode. And then when I went back to the early seasons, it was every single episode. I was like, okay, you don't have to tell us every single. No, <laughs> nope, they're telling us every single episode. Anyway, well, we're not here to, talk to know. We news. made them rest. <laughs> we made them do laundry. So when you see them in the same two outfits the entire race, you'll understand. No, they're doing laundry. It's it's okay. They're showering until. <laughs> Until the penalty became that they had to give them give up everything that they brought with them, <laughs> they were like, "This is a non non elimination leg." However, give us all of your stuff. What? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, I I don't mind the show, but Jesus Christ, some of the shit that they would do was so fucked up to them. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, that is not what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> I'm oddly not talking about any reality competition shows. I was going to talk next in fashion because I think we talked about it um, after season one came out. Uh, maybe, possibly. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, uh, a competition, fashion show, queer contestants, queer host, uh, and now being co-hosted by Gigi Hadid. I don't believe she was the co-host for the, the, the first season. I don't remember who it was. I don't um, think so, but I don't remember who it was. It obviously did not make that much of an impression. On me. <laughs> exactly. I, I do like Gigi Hadid in the role, though. She is oddly cute in in the way that she interacts with, uh, with Tan and with the contestants. Uh, this is the first show that I've seen the hosts cry as they eliminate contestants. In certain episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, this would be it. And then Godoy, who has been mentioned a bunch of times. Here's our race chaser um, uh, mention on this, this episode. Uh, Godoy has done a lot of work for Queens on Drag Race and Queens in the LA area and some of the bigger names. And was actually just a guest on the show uh, on a Hot Goss episode talking about Next in Fashion. Oh, but Godoy's been referenced. This year? What's that? They're a contestant this year? I haven't yes, seen the second they, season yet. Yeah. Yes, they are a contestant on season two. So that was kind of my my thing when I was in like, okay, what do I want to talk about? What's going to be current? What what makes sense? And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that'll be it. So I started watching it. It's fine. It's fine. Some some cool things that they're doing. Um, But then I remembered that there was something else that I wanted to watch that I hadn't had a chance to watch yet. And I got access back into Apple TV because Shrinking came out. And I wanted to talk about that. So Shrinking, for those of you who don't know, is an American comedy drama television series created by, and here's part of the reason why it was was big for me, Bill Lawrence, uh, it's also by uh, created by Jason Siegel and Brett Goldstein. So Bill Lawrence, for those of you don't who don't know, uh, is the genius creative mind behind such shows as Scrubs and Cougar Town. And actually, I think he uh, and, and actually even to go back a little bit further shows that I I've enjoyed immensely. Um, 
Spin City was also his. Oh, wow. And he's also one of the creative minds behind Ted Lasso, which I know Brian has talked about on, on the podcast so before. So good. Everybody loves Ted I still, Lasso. You I still to. haven't watched it. That I need to now that season three is out, I need to like I really just need to sit down and watch and like binge it. Um, but I love I love the shows that that Bill Lawrence is on. Scrubs is one of my all time favorite shows. It holds up very well in in a lot of ways. Um, just up until season nine, because I mean I don't really count that half season as part of the legacy of Scrubs, but still. Um, but then Jason Siegel. We we all know I love me some How I Met Your Mother. Um, was also uh, instrumental in bringing the Muppets back into uh, prominence in what 2011, 2012. Yeah, it's been about a decade or so since they came. Uh, since he did his work with uh, Jim Henson and the Muppets uh, in those films. So I I had seen ads for this on Instagram and, and on Twitter. I follow a couple of them, uh, a couple of the people that are in the show. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what it's about, but there are so many people that I love that are in the show, involved with the show. I want to watch it. And I hadn't gotten around to it. And as of this recording, there are only nine of the 10 episodes released. It's a weekly release schedule. When this uh, episode drops, the season finale will be debuting on Apple TV. So the 10th and final episode for the season. Uh, but before I go into a little bit more of uh, of that, actually, let me let me the premise that's here on the wiki page is very succinct and very brief. So um, just as a kind of a, a quick synopsis, uh, a therapist, Jimmy Laird, Jimmy is uh, Jason Siegel, uh, is dealing with severe grief. He begins to breach ethical barriers by telling his patients what he really thinks, resulting in massive changes to his and their lives. So at the core of this, it's a uh, a man who is in deep, deep grief, denial, not being able to cope with life, um, turning to drugs, painkillers, alcohol, um, sex, anything to avoid dealing with processing and handling his grief um, in the process, neglecting his daughter, his teenage daughter. So in the cast, you've got, uh, as I mentioned, Jimmy is played by Jason Siegel. Jessica Williams plays Gabby, who's a fellow therapist that works with Jimmy. Uh, Luke Tenney is Sean. He's a patient uh, that is sent to the um, to their office for anger management, court-appointed um, or court-assigned anger management classes. And Gabby passes him off to Jimmy. Um Michael Yuri is in it, is in the show as Brian. He's Jimmy's best friend. He's a big old homosexual uh, lawyer. Uh, Lukita Maxwell is Alice, who's Jimmy's teenage daughter. Uh, Krista Miller, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, is Liz, Jimmy's next door neighbor, who ends up kind of taking over and taking care of Alice while he is spinning out of control. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Krista Miller is Bill Lawrence's wife. She was Kate on the Drew Carey show back, back, back in the day. She was Jordan on Scrubs. She was uh, Ellie on Cougar Town. She's done a lot of work with her husband. Change approved. (laughs) There was one point where I swear she could have said it during the show. (laughs) 
they were trying to come up with a uh, Gabby and, and Alice were um, not Alice Liz uh, Gabby and Liz were trying to come up with um, a, a female euphemism for getting it up and uh, this former sex worker that we meet in the the, the opening episode which comes back around at a, at a party and she goes oh you mean grease the peach to gabby and gabby's like liz grease the peach and she goes i like it and i swear at that point or liz i keep calling her alice she goes liz <laughs> grease the peach she's like i like it if she had turned around and just said change approved it would have fit perfectly <laughs> it's it, she has i i feel like it's a part of who she is that she brings into her characters but literally who she really became as jordan um from like the middle of scrubs to the end and who she was as Ellie is just this character that Krista Miller is now. And it's amazing. And I, I, I live for, I live for her. She's phenomenal. Um, and then you have Harrison Ford, who is Dr. Paul Rhodes. Uh, he's the senior therapist at the, um, the therapy center where Jimmy and Gabby were, and he's Jimmy's mentor. Uh, you also have Ted McGinley. For those of you, I don't know what he's done. I couldn't. I can click on his name here in a second, but um, '90s kids will probably most know him as Jefferson Darcy from Married with Children, and he in this show very much um, has an Andy Torres vibe, where he is kind of very soft spoken and just gives Liz everything she wants, and then eventually like gets sassy with her at one point during the uh, during the season. But, you know, it's very much an, an Ellie and Andy kind of marriage brought over into the show. Uh, and then you have some more one-off characters. Uh, Lily Rabe, who I know predominantly from American Horror Story, from a lot of the seasons of American Horror Story. Uh, she plays Paul's daughter. And then as a final Scrubs reference for what I'm going to mention right now, Neil Flynn is one of Paul's patients. And Neil Flynn, if you're a Scrubs fan, you know him as janitor. So the fact that Bill Lawrence brings these other people in and from past shows, it is just this... You see the dynamic and you see how they all work together. And it's so amazing to see uh, kind of that whole that whole working relationship and how that they, they are with each other. And I love it. Um, Zach Braff also, I believe, directed at least one of the episodes from season one. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a lot of these these same pieces all kind of coming back together and working together. I am super excited because it was renewed for a second season. So we will get a second season of Shrinking on Apple TV. So I am I'm I'm super stoked. Now to dive in a little bit about the show, kind of some of the the, the plot points. Um, so the reason that Jimmy is in in such a state, we the, we open the show on uh, Liz being woken up by loud music and a lot of like noise and commotion. Jimmy is up at three o'clock in the morning, drunk on painkillers with two um, sex workers in the pool splashing around. And it, it's this whole like this whole scene just kind of setting the stage on how out of it he is. And it shows the the strained relationship with him and his daughter. So we find out that his wife was killed tragically in a car accident. And it's a, a 
been less than a year. Um, I don't know if they they ever really dive into the exact time frame, um, but it has been a couple of months, probably about six months since the the accident, and it's it, it sets him up to be working through, not working through his trauma, I should say, but finding ways to um, numb the pain, avoid it, and, and just kind of avoid the real world and his responsibilities. Um, to the point where after that 3 a.m. bender, he goes to work and is seeing his, uh, his patients and eventually snaps and tells one of his patients that if uh, that his her husband is emotionally abusive, um, he has too many muscles. <laughs> he goes on this whole tangent of like what's wrong with him and that she doesn't deserve it, that he doesn't love her, and that if he... Uh, if she wants him to continue being her therapist, that he needs to leave, that she needs to leave her husband and move out of state, go back and live with her her sister, which is a complete nutter ethics violation. Um, so for a lot of things that that they deal with, like in an accurate portrayal of therapy and and mental health professionalism. Um, there are a lot of things that Jimmy does that are not proper <laughs> and are not things that you should be doing, including uh, the the patient that got, got pawned off on him with anger management issues. He ends up having him live in his house and essentially takes him in as a friend and, you know, um, a, 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 a person who is uh, now living in his pool house. And it's like, these are definitely things that you should not be celebrating. <laughs> and his relationship with Paul, who is his, you know, who, who runs this this therapy center and is his mentor, it does put a strain on the relationship. It is, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. One of the things that really kind of threw me for a loop, and it's something that I've mentioned when I was talking about a million little things, when they have a scene where Jimmy goes to his wife's grave. They show his wife's year, the year that she was born, the year she died. The year she was born was 1980. We've now reached the age where the tragic death of the mother is in our age range. It oh. is around the years that we have been born. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and again, I feel like I'm going to just disintegrate into dust and float away into the into the sky. <laughs> so, so it's very interesting because again, these are now people that are our age that are dealing with these issues, dealing with grief, and dealing with with how to handle it. How do you deal with? not just the trauma of losing somebody that you love like that, but then the first time you host a party after their death and then having people come up and say, Oh my God, you guys were amazing together. I'm so sorry. And constantly putting that, you know, back into your face when you haven't dealt with it, you kind of pretended to deal with it. Like those coping mechanisms and how do you deal with that? How do you deal with um, avoiding what you're feeling but then when you have somebody like a daughter 
who you've now neglected, but has is going through this grief process themselves now without you. It, it's it's a it's a very interesting take on on the spectrum of grief and and coping mechanisms and and with the patients it brings in other things it brings in um sean the anger management patient is a veteran dealing with ptsd who's dealing with a lot of those issues so there are so many like really heavy points that are then also surrounded by some moments of levity some moments of of kind of oh shit like those pieces where you just kind of sit there and go, oh wow, I did, I did not expect that to happen. So it is a very interesting take. It is in the same way that Scrubs was mostly light and fantastical, but dealt with a lot of serious oh, ailments yeah. and and actual. The one thing Bill Lawrence does is he really wants to have an accurate take on these things. If there is a medical, um, if there's a medical piece. Scrubs was oddly accurate from a medical standpoint. Yeah, in most of what it what it was. So I feel like he's done the, the same thing here with a lot of the issues. Um, the the his best friend Brian is uh, has avoidance issues. He wants to propose to his his partner that, and they've been together for a long time. And when he goes to tell. Gabby and Jimmy that he's he's proposing to to his boyfriend wants to make him his fiance. They have no reaction because they're like you've said this so many times in the past year and a half. And then he finally kind of talks to Gabby and in the process realizes that he took one big chance when he kind of left his small Texas hometown and accepted who he was and was became an, a proud out gay man that he doesn't want to risk having somebody say no to him when he goes or having his partner, having this person that he loves say no when he proposes. So that's like those, the, the avoidance issues there. So there's so many things and and having dealt with a lot of issues in my life and getting to an age where I'm trying to deal with more things in a healthier and better way. um, A lot of these things kind of sucker punch you and, and hit a little harder than, than expected. Um, but I, I I know that you guys you guys haven't seen the show. Have you seen any of like the the promo stuff? A lot of the promo stuff that I, I saw seen, really gave you nothing. I didn't see any what promo the show stuff was. for the show at all, and it was weird because it po- it did pop up on like a like a like there's this the sponsored links on uh, YouTube, and it, huh. it was one of the sponsored like links that popped up on YouTube, and I was just like, why have I not heard? Yeah, Apple TV needs to be a little bit better about advertising their TV shows because it wasn't until there was like a third season of uh, Servant, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan series with Rupert Grint, who played Ron Weasley, and like a whole horror series about loss and like not dealing with it and all these other themes of like witchcraft and everything. Like it was a, it was like a breakdown of seasons one and two um and getting ready for season three the drop and i was like where has this been like i i stumbled upon schmigadoon and then i think it was eric was the one that like posted a trailer for schmicago um the season two of schmigadoon so i was like 
they need to be better about advertising their shows because like this didn't even, I just clicked on the link just because it just floated by. So they need to do a little bit better in their advertising because th- this show does look super interesting and definitely yeah, one I, I want to watch. And, and, and if you do, let me know what you think of it because it's, it's, it's very interesting. And it's so weird that um, now having watched this and, and getting ready to watch the finale of it uh, and then, for the amount of times that I've talked about a million little things, it's amazing how it's kind of gotten to this point, like this midlife point <laughs> of, <laughs> of topics and shows that have, have resonated with me so much differently than I would have thought they would have. And, and I'm, if anybody's seen it, if anybody listens to me ramble on about it and says, Hey, let me go check it out. Please let me know what you think about it because I, I'm curious to see what other people get from this show because anybody that watches it, especially with the show that's dealing with um, psychology, psychiatry, and and these different aspects of kind of mental health issues, mental help, um, you're going to take something different away from it as you see yourself in some of these characters. So let me know what y'all think. I, right now, I give it four and a half flames. I don't, you know, we don't normally usually do flames for shows, but I, I was very, very surprised. And it's, they're roughly average about 30, 32 minute episodes. I watched all nine episodes in one afternoon, like in, in one day, that was, that was my day yesterday was watching everything that um, all nine episodes. So it is something that you can, you can take in very easily. You can, it's a very uh, consumable piece of media. So, and it has an opening. Uh, there is actually opening credits, and you can skip them. Um, but it, it, it's nice to see television shows with actual uh, opening credits. Uh, I know we've talked about that in in some of the things that in some of the pieces of media that we we've discussed before. So, uh, so yeah, so that is uh, shrinking on Apple TV Plus. Go check it out. Dear listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode and for supporting us in all that we do. Don't forget to check us out online, flameonshow.com, where you can find all of our links and uh, our Patreon as well, uh, patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. You can join at any one of the four levels and uh, help us continue to make the content that you love listening to. All right, let's get into our one-ups. Eric, you went first last time. BJ, I'm going to throw it over to you. What is your one-up? Um, so having no drama this year, um, the Oscars kind of went out with, went off with a a hitch and, uh, some really interesting winners. Uh, we had Michelle Yeoh as best actress, uh, Brendan Fraser as, uh, for best actor for the whale and, uh, Ki Hu Huan, uh, for Best Supporting Actor. And then one of my faves, Jamie Lee Curtis, as Best Supporting Actress. And let me tell you, if you haven't seen when they call her name, it is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life because she was just happy to be nominated. Like, she's sitting there and she's just waiting to hear them call somebody's name. And when they call her name, she li- you could literally see her go, oh, shut up. <laughs> and everybody is like beyond floored for her and she's an ally um uh she has a non-binary kid like she's very supportive of the community um a lot of people have mixed feelings about uh her winning 
Uh, they really wanted uh, it was at Angela Bassett uh, to win. Uh, I did. Angela I'm not going to lie. Because Angela Bassett did the damn thing. Um, uh, Wakanda Forever did did a lot of the damn thing. They did win. Uh, I believe it was uh, costume. Um, costumes, yeah. Cost, best costume yeah. design. Um, so, and then there's and, a really and Rihanna's baby has now been to the Super Bowl and the Oscars <laughs> and the Oscars. Not yet, and she hasn't and even been have... born yet. I can't even get. And we Taylor are just Swift sitting tickets. at our homes. <laughs> I can't get Taylor Swift tickets, but Rihanna's baby has been to the Oscars and the Super Bowl and hasn't even been born yet. Um, there was a really cute moment because when uh, when K uh, Hui Kwan won, uh, it was. Um, Oh my god! Um, uh, shit, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Completely blanking on his name. Uh, the presenter um, was uh, the actor that plays uh, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Harrison Ford was the one that called his name, and he was in. Um, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom with Harrison Ford. So it was, it was a really that was a really cute moment. Honestly, it was it was one of it, it was a really really fun night. I it's one of the rare occasions where I've seen a good chunk of the movies that were nominated and know of all the actors who were nominated. It's taken me nearly forty years to get to that point, but um. Yeah, I I it's 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 rare when I watch the Oscars and I'm like wow, I kind of want everybody to win. Like, you know, uh, I really really wanted everybody that was nominated to win because uh it was just a really good night and I I do I am sad. I don't feel that Angela Bassett was robbed, but I definitely like honestly any I think anybody who was nominated for best supporting actress could have won and I would be happy. I'd be happiest if it was Angela Bassett, but I follow, I've literally followed Jamie Lee Curtis's career my entire life. Like I, I think I've seen almost everything she's been in from like the crappiest movie to everything everywhere all at once, which she was really good in too. So that kind of warmed my heart. It's not that she doesn't deserve an Oscar or that yeah. part doesn't deserve an Oscar. But if if you watch everything, everywhere, all at once and say, what part would win the supporting actress Oscar? <laughs> it, it would be Stephanie Hsu's part. Yes. It, it wouldn't be the Jamie Lee Curtis part. And so I do feel like there was a little bit of a uh, career Oscar. Yeah. For Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and Angela Basket would have been a deserving winner as well. But mm-hmm. I feel like people probably thought this is going to be one of the last times where Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be in a part that could be deserving of an Oscar for us to give her one versus I'm sure Angela Bassett's going to do something else that's amazing, and yeah, I mean she she's definitely she's been nominated, uh, she's been nominated a lot. I know she's been nominated at least I think four or five times minimum, five times. So she's been she's she's been on she's been on the fence a while. So I I definitely 
I definitely need her to give it one more go. Um, uh, oh, also, yeah, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which left me a sobbing mess, and I no longer want to call Guillermo del Toro daddy. Um, he can fuck right off. He's, he has hurt my heart uh, in ways in which I will never allow a man to ever hurt my heart ever again. Um, but that movie was definitely deserving. Honestly, that movie, the, I have mixed feelings about the, the best picture, the best animated feature category in general. Um, but literally the, the, this, this entire, every, everybody who won, I'm, I'm happy. And it's very rare that I say that about the Oscars because normally the Oscars have always been like, oh, which art house won this time? And at least like uh, I was going to say, oh, like a movie about a gay black man. Holy shit. That actually won. You know, usually it's like a two days later and somebody mentions it on my Twitter feed. So it's very rare that I actually like wake up the next morning and I'm like, oh, holy shit. Let me go back and watch all of the um, all the acceptance speeches. So definitely the Oscars this year for me. All right, nice. Yeah. Um I I very heartwarming for a lot of uh a lot of those wins. So yeah, glad to see a night especially with having things like that happen with Michelle Yeoh with having like um those big kind of monumental wins not be overshadowed by something ridiculous happening. So where it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, there was no big hullabaloo or no spectacle. That's fine. Uh, You know, let let the people who won and had these big moments have their moment. Eric, over to you. What are you giving us as your one-up? Well, going back to Apple TV, uh, coming up, there's a trailer out for a movie that's going to be released on March 31st called Tetris which I believe oh my is God. a game that all of us have played at some point in time on some Never. device. Never, <laughs> ever. One, one of, if not the best-selling game of all time, or at least was for a long period of time. Um, but it is a biographical drama film about the true story of the high stakes legal battle to secure the intellectual property rights of Tetris, uh, starring, um, uh, Taron Edgerton as the main character and how, yes. And just to hop in real quick, it is sitting currently as the third highest, um, selling game, Minecraft and Grand Theft Auto five have both surpassed it as, the top two selling games, but Tetris is still is the third highest as of right now. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's, I'm excited to see the story behind it. Cause I, you think about it and okay. Yeah. Like back when I played it, I'm like, Oh, this music sounds Russian, but you don't go into everything to think about, well, how can a game developed by a Russian be released by a Japanese company? and sell well in the u.s there has to be a lot to that especially during the cold war um so and the trailer just looks kind of all over the place crazy and so i think it'll be a fun watch i was like so i i watched the trailer because it was on youtube and i I saw like tetris and i was like 
is this a is this a parody? Yeah, like film trailer. <laughs> is this like because of all of these video games, like Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out? Like all of it was like, is this just one of those like SNL skits that is here? Because I don't know if I I don't know if it was the Apple TV like YouTube channel that that I saw it on, and I watched it and was like, holy shit! I when it came out, I we were what eight. Seven, eight years old. It was like eighty-eight. It came out somewhere in that. Because yeah, I had it with my original Game Boy. Because that's what, and that's in the yeah. trailer where they're like, yeah. only five people have seen this, yeah. and it's like it's the original <laughs> Game Boy. I was like, holy shit! But yeah, that's I had it on the my, with my Game Boy. Like that was the thing. Like we were so young, we didn't understand, we didn't grasp what was going on, and the fact that. uh what is it? Tetris. It's uh, the combination of the words for four or Tetra and yeah. then like the Russian word for tennis. Yeah. It's like, it's ridiculous. And I, obviously there's <laughs> going to be some embellishment in there, but I want to watch this. It's like, it really was a captivating trailer that maybe feels like it gave away the entire plot of the movie, but I'm sure there's more to it, but it really did. It did make me want to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right there with you. That that is a uh, that is definitely a a worthy one up, my friend. <laughs> All right, so I have a couple things <laughs> as is, as this tradition, as as um, per usual. Listen, y'all y'all have been doing it also lately, so shh, I don't want to hear. Okay, it. uh, <laughs> it's our one up, scissors. Uh, so. <laughs> My YouTube has had another like seismic shift. Um, for a while, it was a lot of drag race. For a while, it then became a lot of Survivor. Um, and now I have gotten into watching video game content on uh, YouTube. Uh, I stumbled on the Alpha Rad channel um, and a lot of the uh, Mario Party, a weird like things that he would and these are shortened videos from his like twitch streams and these these like uh contests and, and tournaments that he has with with his friends who are also video game content creators but i don't know there was something about them that just was kind of fun to watch uh when it was like the mario party stuff and then i was watching some of his uh super mario odyssey stuff and i've gotten into watching some of the uh pokemon nuzlocke uh like kind of challenges that he that he has on his channel um, so I'm like, okay, cool. And now I have like small ant who's a, uh, a, one of like the big speed runners, uh, out there, which is pretty interesting, uh, how people can do all this shit. Cause I'm like, I still can't get all the moons in fucking super Mario odyssey. Uh, and I have to have like a fucking guide next to me to tell me where to go half the time. But, uh, one of, one of the other things that has I've enjoyed watching is the drag race simulator that's out there and a channel called angry coconut, a queer content creator uh, has done a bunch of different ones where he's done like really unhinged um, drag race simulators. And I just, I don't know. It's like a good half hour of my time just wasted in watching this video where he puts like all straight men into the drag race simulator to see who, who would come out on top as the winner for that. Uh, he did one for like season 15 if there was no riggery which 
anytime anybody says, oh, the rigory of this, it, it always just makes my blood boil, but whatever. Um, but they're entertaining. I, I've enjoyed them, and uh, they've been something that has been interesting to watch. Uh, one other kind of quick tangent with that, uh, a, a crossover in my YouTube watching that I didn't, I never expected. Um, so I also watch a lot of like Danny Gonzalez, uh, Curtis Connors, Jacob Andrew Sharp, like a couple of those content creators that are all in that same, uh, Eddie Burback that are all like um, in that same sphere of, of commentary videos. Well, I was watching the Bussy Queen uh review or recap of one of the episodes not this most recent not the rusical the one before that whichever episode was before that i can't remember um and she mentions curtis connors in the video and i was like this is the oddest like crossover in my video watching of two things that are completely separate in the youtube landscape and it was so weird but as i go from queer content creators I normally don't like to give a huge platform to um, the straight content creators. They get enough attention. But my real one-up and the thing that I've really enjoyed watching has been the video series Give It To Me Straight, hosted by Maddie Morphosis. Maddie, I know Brian has mentioned Maddie's uh, like TikTok and the humor in Maddie's uh, content. And I I have I saw like a couple of things here and there, but Maddie has started hosting a one on one sit down with different drag race girls. She's had Silky on, um, she had Willow Pill on. The most recent one is June Jambalaya, and Maddie Morphosis is really fucking funny, very dry wit, very uh, kind of under your breath jabs. And reads and just fun, like, comments towards her sisters. And uh, it's really entertaining. Uh, some of the episodes are a little bit shorter than others. Some of them are, you know, I think one was like 20 minutes, one was like 40 minutes. So they kind of vary in length, but they're roughly in that, you know, half an hour time frame. And they dive into their their history. They dive into some of the stuff from the show. And uh, it's, it's a fun look at some of these queens. And I overall, I think Maddie Morphosis is a, a fantastic host in a setting like this. So if it's you haven't checked it out. It's refreshing to hear that because I tried watching one of her episode reviews that she does with, oh. I guess it's her girlfriend. Is that? I don't know because, I mean, it's a cis female yeah. uh, drag queen. So I, I know when he was on the show, he said both he and his girlfriend do drag, right? So I figure... That that's why like, he defaults to her so much in that because because, he, because he, I thought it was kind of just too dry for a review for me. Uh, so it's refreshing to hear that in this uh, kind of interview type show that they're a little more uh, fun and watch the Willow Pill one. Um, I I have not watched the Silky Nut Meganosh one. That's I think episode one, um, but the Willow Pill one was really funny. And um, there's another one. I think the one that's right before the episode before, right before Willow Pill um, was, oh, Lady Camden. Lady Cam when he interviews Lady Camden, hysterical. There's so <laughs> many, so many little pot shots that he takes in the, in the, in the episode. And it's, it's the fun, like sisterly reading type of thing. Yeah. But so fucking funny. Yeah. I, I've watched some of those reviews as well. And uh, Maddie takes a complete backseat to uh, 
Miss Liza or whatever, whatever her name is. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, and they are very dry. Uh, yeah, they're not the, not the best content, but in that give it to me straight series, give it a try. Check out the Lady Camden one first if you really want to see like that is I think the top one that uh, in my opinion Willow Pill is probably like the next up there like those two are really good episodes and there's only I think five right now um camden willow june silky and there's one more that i can't remember off the top of my head but check them out i've enjoyed them let me know if you did as well and uh yeah that brings us to the end of another episode of flame on our roundtable discussion let us know if you've watched any of the topics that we've talked about, let us know what your thoughts were. Um, send us email, leave comments, tweet at us, put it on our Facebook, anything. Uh, we love hearing from you all. Uh, with that being said, we'll be back in two weeks for more uh, pop culture goodness. A microsoda becoming your wife. What it'll be about? Don't know yet. We'll find out in the next feed. But until then, bad itches. Bye. 